Bill Mosley, Daniel Harris, Dick Warlock, George Romero, Kane Hodder, Robert England, Ronnie Blakely, CJ Graham, and you're listening to Deep in Horror, Texas. You gotta be fucking kidding. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Deep in the Heart of Texas. This is Jeff. This is Nathan. And this is Ralph. We're here to talk about Halloween 2018. He came home. He came on something. <laughs> came on all of us. I got peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be like my favorite fucking line. Dude, that dad. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, but yes, obviously that one this was This movie, the... which, by the way, before we get too far into this, spoiler warning for <laughs> any of you guys. Yes. Like, big if spoiler. You, yeah, big spoiler warning. If for any reason you have not seen this movie by now. Michael dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Cut his mic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not a living fucking soul. I will yell across the room. He's gone. He's gone. We He's gone. We okay. Awesome. Awesome. But no, seriously though, if you have not watched this movie, go ahead and just stop now. Go watch it and then come back. We'll still be here. I, I just told you. We'll, we'll still be here. <laughs> oh my back. <laughs> He'll be writhing in pain. Uh, but yes, what was amazing is that we got to see this two days before the Thursday release, three days before the Friday official street date. Which was just the blessing in disguise, I think. And it's just nothing but the hardcore of hardcore Halloween nerds. And we Ugh. all get pushed and cattled into this screening. And it's just screening alum, contest winners. Press. I'd say we were probably 80 people back. Yeah. And yep. fucking by the time we got in, there was no three seats together. No. Like no. you could not find a seat together. So it's like... Where like, do you want to sit? I don't know. Jeff and Ralph quickly jumped together. Another girl jumped next to them, and I got fucked. I like, had a beautiful seat. I did. You did? I did. I was center theater. Like, oh, yeah? seriously. Me and Jeff were like sideshow, like on yeah. the far left corner. Like, Jeff can trip anybody he wanted to coming up and down the stairs. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I had the. Uh, I mean, our, our scene was. I, I, at first, I felt awkward because I'm not used to sitting that far to no. the. Yeah, but. It was just so pleasant. Yeah, because... And peaceful and quiet. Yeah. The yeah, whole so, fucking So peaceful I bet. I bet you just fucking loved it, Jeff. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it was amazing. And Ralph. Me and Ralph would just whisper to each other, and like, yeah, well, that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'd sit there all by myself with the choir hey, of fat black girl. women behind oh me. Oh, my God. Now, behind you. Oh my god. This is exactly how it was. Okay. The entire fucking movie, this choir of black women behind me 
were fucking. Have you ever seen Scary Movie? Mm. That one was right behind me with three morons in either side. It was in Dolby Surround Sound. I have no idea how many there were. I'm just guessing. But every time she fucking said something, her choir would start fucking giggling and laughing. Oh, and it was just like, oh, my God, it's a free ticket. I I am here as press, but I I want to fucking yell at you. But my neck is killing me and I can't turn around. But like she narrated the entire fucking movie every second of this movie she narrated like the bus is off the road oh my god girl look at that bus off the road no shit it's on screen <laughs> it's like i am witnessing this he is like spitting into the mic oh! shut up oh my god i don't care i will smash your face into a into a jelly i was so mad i left that theater it was kind of weird because uh i i had a few conversations today that like highlighted my own situation. A lot of people bashing this movie don't get it right. But you know what? That first night I didn't like it. And I honestly think the problem with me was that I overhyped myself. I didn't know what I was expecting. Like on the podcast right here, I told listeners and you guys, I'm only going to watch one trailer. That's it. But then I had a surgery and my fat ass was laid up for God, you know, over a month in bed with nothing but porn and Michael Myers. So it was like, you know, that's that's well, one thing led to another. I watched everything and read everything I could. So I went in there and and with these this choir behind me. Mm-hmm. For all y'all talkers up in here. Time to keep it down right now. I didn't I didn't know how to feel about the film because I couldn't get involved every time. I every time a scene was happening, you know, Lori's walking towards the closet with a gun. They'd be like, "This is all me up in here. You handle that." Shut the fuck up! <laughs> like, so you know what? But the second time I watched it, I went in just to watch, and I was, you know, my wife on one side, Ralph on the other, and Ralph got to experience loudmouth motherfuckers. So. I was a little more verbal with them. You were very, you paid for your ticket this time. So (laughs) yeah, no, like whenever, first time I watched, I had, I had the pleasure of Jeff sitting next to me and then I had a Hispanic lady next on the other side of me. So I I was like surrounded by Mexico, Um, (laughs) but like the viewing was actually pretty damn good. I'm glad I moved seats because like I said, the, the original seat I was in, I was like in nosebleed and the lady next to me had like perfume that was giving me a migraine. So by the time I already switched seats, I was already like... This is shit. It's shit. But the second time around, watching it was I was enjoying it up until the two people in front of me and the and the lady and her husband next to me started talking. Oh yikes! And it wasn't <laughs> until like thirty minutes into the movie, the girl and her boyfriend that were in front of me started talking. Like I could hear them over the soundtrack and the cars racing, so on and so forth. And I reached up and I was like, "Would you fuck me?" She ended up figuring out, hey, this guy he wants us to shut the fuck up. And the lady next to me never said a damn word after that. God, so damn. I fixed my problem really, relatively quickly. I'm, I'm really the type of person, like, I could watch this. I can watch a movie that you know, on, on my phone, you know, on an Apple Watch. I, I really don't care. 
And my wife always gives me shit because I'm like that. She's always like, how can you watch like a cam version of this, you know, if you find it on, this, on a website or something like that. I'm like, I just don't give a shit. You know, sometimes like I watched Avengers for the first time in a cam and it was like blurry. I could see like shadowed people going back and forth to get popcorn. Yeah. And that's just what I was used to. Or I just didn't, I don't give a shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when I get a chance to sit down and appreciate it, it's like, you know, I'm hypeless. I get the, I know the beats, you know? I like to, I see the song, I hear the beats, I know what I like. You know the dance. And with this movie, what took me by surprise is sitting down just for the experience itself was that it actually had familiar beats and was doing things uniquely enough and modern enough, but it was still kind of very reminiscent of the original. It had the the slow builds, the atmosphere building, and stuff like that, and that was really, I was happy to see that. That 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 first viewing, um, if I didn't say it already, thank you for oh, inviting us. Oh, I'm glad because we... Jeff over here has fucking like he has a pocket full of fucking four leaf clovers, like because this guy can get anything and almost anything and everything if you just ask him to and you give him <laughs> enough time. From who? me, thank you. Who? You know, who? Oh, I don't know if Nate will say it, but I'll fuck say it. You. <laughs> <laughs> but first and foremost, thank you. But nope. yes, the the movie though, it had those familiar beats, and it was very appreciative. Like this was magic to be able to see a, to be able to say that I got to see a movie three days before everybody else. Hell, like we saw before the fucking. Um, the actual premiere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the premiere didn't happen until the next day. So pretty much that's when all of Hollywood got to see it. The Groman's China, Chinese theater, so on and so forth. Like, yeah. So what an event. Next, yeah, yeah. We didn't like, we saw before those fuckers did, yeah. you know? And, but the experience all in all though was pleasant. This movie plays as a great double feature to the original, uh, the 1978 and going into the 2018, you really see it's the way it's meant to be. It's, it's a double feature. Cause when you get to the end of, you know, uh, the 78 version, this one just leads perfectly up to what's been going on. And what's cool is that very opening beat, it's almost beat for beat of the original. It has this little fucking story they tell you right before they flash the Halloween uh, title card and they show the pumpkin scene of like this uh, rotten. Yeah, this rotten pumpkin like coming back to life or, or taking shape again. And it was uh, beautiful. And the score is just... Carpenter just you know doing what he does best like we had talked about before it was it was directed by David David Gordon Green and it was written by Danny McBride like mm -hmm. that that kind of caught me off guard because yeah. Danny McBride that's that's the dude that's the comedian yeah that's, Kenny Powers like I've always seen him as a funny man but like that's kind of surprising to me but then again not because we're starting to see comedians starting to break out into the horror and if you want to see them uh, Nate brought it up to me a really good Danny McBride film that just came out this year is uh, Arizona. Oh, anybody? Yeah, he's looking for something great in fun. That. Oh yeah, he's great in that. It's more of a comedic role, but I mean, it's a fun one though. Yeah, it's great. David Gordon Green, like you were just saying, uh, very much like John Carpenter, is a real Southern gentleman kind of guy. Came up, does a lot of fucking cool indie stuff. When he would grow to like everybody kind of noticing him was definitely Pineapple Express got yeah. everybody's attention. He actually has a Criterion film. If you collect Criterion Collection, he did his first feature, George Washington, is actually in there. But seeing his name, I'd always see it reference was he was always trying to do a remake for Suspiria. Mm -hmm. And I was always impressed by that. Cause I was like, wow, this guy who did Pineapple Express is interested in doing Suspiria. What else can he do? And then you saw it kind of took a left turn and went to a different director, which yeah. we'll get into later in November. Um, but yeah. 
seeing David Gordon Green get taken up with Blumhouse and then Blumhouse offering to do this Danny McBride produced co-written fucking Halloween take of Michael Myers. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, ultimately, when we get to the film, I mean, you're witnessing... We, we get placed in these two English characters, so that's kind of like us. That's the audience. Mm-hmm. You're kind of taken to this little let's catch you up kind of shit. And people that are new to the movie, it's a great one-off film, too, because it kind of takes you into this past situation to a present situation. Mm-hmm. It's and, they, they give you the exposition without being captain exposition they yeah. don't they don't oversell it like yeah. they they fill in the blanks and that's it like they don't they're not like oh well fucking michael myers he was fucking he, in 1978 he he fucking killed this person and that person and this person and this person and it's it just, important it to note goes. that they were going to go that way with the original opener was supposed to show don pleasance run up this run into the house run up the stairs shoot michael once and when he walks in the bedroom and michael's standing there he gets stabbed and dies right there. Mm-hmm. That's what they were going to do. And I was like, oh, my God, if they retcon this, I would have been pissed. But like Jeff brought up, they should have brought it like at least had a line or a little bit of something about the arrest. Yeah. And probably they probably didn't touch base on filming it because of location. The people who own those houses are very fucking private people now. Uh, they're kind of tired of the Halloween yeah. Lure, well, like, nonsense. To to give a little yeah. explanation, they do they do mention in the in the movie that, or they make it very obvious that there's nothing. There was this is literally the sequel to the first Halloween. They've axed everything. Yeah. They make it very apparent right from the get go, because they state that after the events of that night from 1978, Michael was apprehended. Period. Like yeah. it doesn't doesn't talk about Lori getting sent to the hospital. It doesn't talk about the entire ordeal. And for you guys saying, that. well, the eighty one version was the same nine seventy eight. Yeah, that's when we find out Lori and Michael were related. That's none of that happened. All of that when my, when Doctor Sh- Loomis shot him and he fell off the balcony, he was apprehended right there. They did not do a good job eluding that part of the story they it, should have had like yeah like one of the officers uh will pat will pat will he he was the arresting officer that night and they stayed it in that one scene at the gas station i was like in the second screening i caught it it's uh the the sheriff guy with the cowboy hat yeah he's talking to will Patton and he goes yeah frank here was uh one of the apprehending officers yeah. on scene when they apprehended michael yeah and i was mm-hmm. like that's all we got that's it yeah <laughs> they didn't like oh we, we yeah. caught him three blocks down you know, yeah. we, we found him like that because he fell out. He looked down and he's gone. Was like, that it's the not boogeyman? Like... As a matter of fact, it was greatest ending ever. So good. Yep. Yes, it should have said he, we found him like a block down, bleeding even on out, the or Loomis something tapes, like that. It would have been awesome. Yeah, I and you know, what? I really didn't like. You know, you brought it up to me, and I kind of had a defense for it. But watching it the second time, it kind of did yeah. annoy me. Was the Loomis tapes? Yeah. They should have hired back the voice actor who did H2O's beginning because that guy had a good inflection of how Donald spoke. This guy was just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm a British guy. Blah, blah. It was just like, oh, he's just... Michael a was a man but who was... My, de- my thing, my defense for it to Jeff was, you know, it's in 1978. It's probably a reel-to-reel that he held the tape recorder up to yeah. to record the sound. True. But the inflection, you know, the pattern of his voice is yes. wrong. But, but even, it's cool. I wish it's it was cool. like, and uh, after the, his attempt at Laurie Strode's, but that we found uh, him wounded, crawling, trying to crawl back to his home. Yeah, it was like awesome. Like oh, they apprehended him at his house. You know, like he was trying to get back to his house, or mm-hmm. he, or they we found, found him, him the, a couple blocks down, oh, fucking bleeding out at the foot of the bed with the tombstone. Oh, uh, awesome. uh, yeah, 
That would been that actually would have been pretty uh, cool. Anything yeah. they should have they should have done. I it. would. That's just. I understand the idea of what uh, um, Kenny Powers, whatever his name is, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green meant. Now, um, this is going to pay a lot of lip service to diehard fans of the series. You're yeah. going to get moments where you're going to be like, "Fuck yes," but this is for a newer generation. It's old story mixed with new horror. When they have the scene when the three kids, uh, Lori's granddaughter and her friends are walking down the street, they, they, they speak to it very literal. They say, I don't get it. It's just some guy kills five kids and 40 years ago, special. it's nothing special. You know, the kind of horrors that go on today. And then they're like, yeah, he pops a fucking, he blows up a little pumpkin. He's like, yes, this isn't supposed to be this special thing to most of you big fanboys, this is just a, a fun story. So just sit back and have fun. Yeah. And all the bullshit about him being a sister is just like, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Just Yeah, I didn't have a problem dropping that. The first night I kind of did because it was like they did give like certain nods to other films other than part one. Yeah. But a missed, missed fucking opportunity is... Dr. Sardane or whatever, the Sartane or whatever the fuck. This should have been Dr. Wynn. Okay, okay, okay. You can take that off now. Halloween is over. <laughs> he was the assisting doctor, and he was younger than Loomis. That was a definitely poorly... When did they state that? Poorly written character. Poorly written character. He like, was he just, fucking it terrible. It was just a fumble. It was. It was you completely had a, off the wall. From like all the moments until that scene. But I do have a funny idea with you, um, for you, maybe, theory. Uh, I was talking about it with Ralph and on the way over here, and I was like, you know, I just let's just stop talking. I want to talk about this on air. This doctor, okay, this doctor's obs- he's the quote unquote new Loomis, as Lori puts it. Um, he is Michael's attending physician for the past couple years. I don't know, I didn't really state length of time. So you have a guy, a doctor that's obsessed with pretty much provoke, like, and that's kind of apparent in the first scene watching it the second time around is he's allowing these journalists, podcasters, I, I believe they're journalists, I think they're saying podcasters just to be smart-ass, you know, like, funny. But uh, he's allowing them to try to provoke a response. This is what this guy is obsessed with. He wants Michael to speak, and he wants to see Michael unchained in a way. So, to you know, in, in the first scene is what you see in the, the trailer where he's holding the mask. He's, speak, Michael, say something! And Michael's chained to that chessboard. The doctor's just like nodding, like, yeah, keep prodding him. Go ahead. But then when they load him on the bus, and this is my theory, the doctor, I didn't notice it the first time, but the second time is very blunt and adamant with uh, one of the officers that ride on the bus. He's like, I'm his doctor, and I will see it through all the way till the end. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. The next scene you see is the bus is off the road. I think, and, and and then you meet this doctor later on, he tells the story of how it all happened, and Michael, you know, got a hold of everybody and killed him. I think he killed the two guards to let Michael loose so he could study him in the wild, as he puts it. Yeah. Um, Ralph didn't kind of see it that way. I uh, think it's a possibility, because you see the pin. Yeah, his and he's just sitting in the and back of the bus. Why, why are you sitting back there? Well, he was sitting in the front with him. I think he just had the perfect opportunity to attack him. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, when the kid found later, him. Later, he's Yeah, he's just, like, yeah. laying in the back, like, yeah. okay, what the fuck? But yeah, he's a quote unquote. He's a bad guy, and you know um, you don't allude to that right at the beginning of the movie. No, you don't notice it until the cop scene. Yeah, which the first time completely kind of like was like what the yeah. Fuck? It was it was a twist that you like first time watching it. 
I was like, all right, he's, he's trying to, he's still trying to study him. But the second time watching it, it makes it very obvious and very apparent that that he he was wanting to watch everything happen because he makes statement it, later on in the movie. He's talking with the sheriff, saying, "I want to know what makes him tick. I want to know what he feels, why he's doing it. I want to know." Like he he makes it blatantly obvious that he wants to see it happen because he, he states Loomis got to see he it. Sta- yeah, he states in the beginning of the movie that the only person that actually got to see him in the wild in his element, element was Loomis Lord. and he wants to see it now. Oh, Lori. Well, yeah, Lori, oh, but yeah. like to study him, to figure yeah. out what's going on cuz Lori, she's not there to study, she's there to run for her life yeah. at the time. But he wants to see it now. He wants to see if he can try and make a breakthrough. See if maybe, maybe even become the Mike, the Michael McDowell Loomis in this. You see, and 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 one scene that in theaters I caught that I was like, I wonder if that's something is when he first gets in the cop car after recouping, and it's after they pick up Lori. I noticed that his eyes are darker, like they put eyeliner on him, and I was like. What? And he keeps like, like he says this one line to the cop. He's like, oh, it would be such a victory to study him in the wild. And and the cop's like, yeah, well, I'm going to blow his head off if I see him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you cannot do that. He is a ward of the state. And like, yeah, right there. It's like, wonk, wonk. Trying to make it to where like, oh, you can't, you can't do that because he's owned by the, he's owned by the state. You're not allowed to harm him. He's a garbage ass character. And if you want to really say it's, it's very easy to say he didn't attack the cops on the bus because he goes when he kills uh will Patton, he goes oh this is what it feels like so it kind of gives you an idea that All right he's, he's breathing nev- heavy he's, well he's never attacked anybody yeah so and he that's... couldn't have been the the attacker on the bus because... but i don't understand how michael would get up break out of the cage to attack two cops with shotguns probably could maybe because the doctor did the open the, the, the distraction i don't know he could have. I mean, it could have been yeah. the distraction because he, because whenever he gets on the bus, he sits right there next to the gate. He is right there, like he doesn't go to the back of the bus. The only reason why he was in the back of the bus, but whenever the, you find him, is I guess to after to show wreck, that yeah. after the wreck to show that he was hiding because was none of those inmates out. The only inmate that he was ha- that he would have to worry about would be Michael. But this is one of those things that you don't worry about because it's just like Halloween one mm-hmm. when the inmates are just wandering around when yeah. Loomis pulls up. It's like yeah. Yeah. Dr. Wynn let them out. Oh, yeah. It's explained in part six. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you don't really so worry we'll, about that part. So we'll, we'll figure out what Dr. Sertain was up to in the part thing. three. No. <laughs> the thing. If we make it that far. Um, yeah. Another thing that kind of irritated me is that they announced that they are already writing the sequel and all that three weeks before the premiere. It was like, well, oh, shit. That's, I that's thought it was Hollywood just, for you. Yeah, but I thought it would just be a one-off. Like Dude. and then they're like, oh, it's well, it's going to be a sequel. It's that's like, just like Happy Death Day. Yeah. <laughs> well, they yeah, should have held that news till afterwards. It's like it's like the trailer problem that I've always discussed. If you put everything that's intense in the trailer, there's nothing for us to eat up in the theater, and that's exactly what happened with the 15 trailers of Halloween yeah. release. And yes, that's my own fault. They gave us the long shot. They gave us the the closet door. They gave you too many things that should have been. The, the mannequin movie experiences. The mannequin part that was in the trailer. Uh, the door with Lori that was in the trailer. The fucking kicking him down the stairs was in the trailer. I mean, pretty much anything Michael esque was in the trailer. They gave away too much. Please, yeah, I think that was... that's why I liked Hereditary is because it was like 
like a build, a build, a build, and then bam, 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 and it was like hereditary. It's like, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah, like that. That's that was the biggest issue with this one. I think they were trying to they were trying to get the hype there, which is fine. Like I, I'm all for like all aboard the hype train. I'm all for like showing us snippets and whatnot. But yeah, once you start showing way too much, then you're just kind of you're giving away all the good parts that we were really wanting to see. Yeah, you're sacrificing suspense for ticket sales. Well, if you're going to show that, have a movie beyond your trailer. Like, that's yeah. the main thing. And, to, I mean, I, I really, I I enjoyed this movie. But, yeah, I was not impressed with the idea that you would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. give so much in the trailer. And my buddy, uh, Travis, he asked that. And I was just like, he's like, you know, he was already kind of like texting me and kind of sounded like he didn't really think Halloween was going to be all that. And I'm like... Well, did you see the trailer? He goes, yeah, is everything good in the trailer? Oh, that's all the good shit. I go, I, I, if you want a good movie, you go watch the movie. If you think you're going to get this big, scary film, I go, you're not going to no. get that. And this. I think that's what people expected. I didn't expect like an overly scary movie, but I expected it to be as suspenseful as the first one. And it was? It went to me. Ah. It's good. Don't get me wrong. I am not going to shit on this movie. Yeah. Like, but there's certain elements in, in being giant fucking 78 Halloween fan. Um, There's certain elements that are wrong. One of them is the music stings and the music cues. The music is gorgeous. The soundtrack is fucking gorgeous, but the way they use it in this, we went to two different theaters. Uh, One was in their biggest, baddest theater. And the other one was our, our, what do they call it? SDX. Oh, the SDX. Yeah. Yeah. The SDX. That's that showbiz is baddest fucking theater and they're all worth it. So, the thing is, is that the sound is not booming in this. I think that's... the the, the sting right there, and then like the don't 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 like you know the first one had this pumping. Without the music, the first one isn't even scary. Yeah, this you can you could have no music and it'd just be equally as good of a movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like you still have a movie. There's no sound. If you would have put like amazing amounts of thumping music in this i think it probably would have got a few more jolts i don't know like i said it's a gorgeous soundtrack cody john and david davies Davies. they did an amazing job i I really like it they did they did a beautiful job with it i'm i'm upset that i got to that i missed out on the limited edition vinyl pressing uh that you sir ended up picking up on it's still available there's like it's everywhere the the regular edition yeah the regular but i want the white one yeah yeah, the the one that had the white cover. Uh, Sacred Bones. They did a really cool release with like uh-huh. a, it's like the mask, and you actually take out the vinyl from mm-hmm. it. It's pretty cool. And it, like where the eyes are, yeah. it's like it, the the mask serves as a white slip cover where you can see like the crinkles and whatnot, the weathered mask. And when you pull it out, right where the eyes are supposed to be, it says Halloween. That's pretty dope. You open it up, it's a uh, clear pressing of the vinyl with like a kind of like orangish pumpkin in the middle. Yeah, and it's badass looking like it you have you got you get the vinyl you get that you also get a um like a poster like a poster like target practice the music is definitely an it's an amazing soundtrack for this and that was upsetting was the fact that they didn't they didn't up that soundtrack in in the theater uh like you said i don't know if it was like just the theater itself or was just the way that it was put together theater it's the film i guarantee it hopefully they catch it because yeah. they couldn't have just been the theater. Like I said, the voice and the music were on like perfect even paths yeah. where the music should be cranked to a 10 at 
certain points. Yeah. That was, that was like that, the doctor and I like, I don't even know. There was a couple little things that annoyed me throughout this movie, but, um, but then, no. hey, put put part eight back up. Will you ever hear me say that? Trick or treat. No, because <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah, this was a very. So would you decent. say that the amount of good that you got for this movie outweighed? Oh wait, the, wait, wait! Okay. This is a great movie. I, I'm I'm a big, uh, you know, the, that second time really put it in perspective. Yeah, I had a I quiet know, theater around me, and I had a good crowd right know? well because the first time that we all sat down and watched it we were kind of all on the same page we were like we want the moment we walked out of that theater we we're just kind of like do i like this did you like it i don't know did you like it i don't really know it was one of those movies <laughs> that whenever Nate's walking up god damn fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah nate nate is just like frustrated with the entire world but after the first after the first viewing <sighs> but me and jeff kind of walked out going man did you like it? I don't. Did you like it? I, maybe I think I did. Yeah. Like we had to. We actually had to sleep on it for a little bit mm-hmm. to figure out if we actually enjoyed this movie. And finds out we're not the only ones that kind of, that felt that way. Mm-hmm. Because the second time we went and saw it, it was us three again, along with their wives, and then two of my friends, and my two friends. Whenever we all got out of the movie, like they all had the same opinion that we did that first night. It was like, I want to say I liked it. I think I have to rewatch it, maybe even sleep on it. And that's what ended up happening. They ended up, I actually got a text message from them before recording today. And they said, oh, yeah, no, actually, now, now that I've actually had time to mull it over, actually reflect, I want to see it again. How did you feel about the story as a whole? Like, um, did you feel as though it hit those same beats that the originals did? Did uh, you feel as though it followed, like, too closely to what the original, like, because I know, like Nate always compares compares a lot of movies. Like, oh yeah, it has the same pacing as the original Halloween. Yeah. The, okay, so did that go the same for story? Like, what would, like, what did you think? Everything was fine, but I think the one part that killed the most is when he actually hit the street on Halloween night, and it was just him walking, and that long shot of the tracking shot. Oh, dude, that tracking no. shot. Oh man! We always get placed in the uh, the situation where you're you're either the victim. Mm-hmm. You're always hanging out with them. Oh, and yeah. here was the first time ever that we actually like truly. Oh, maybe not the first time ever, but it was like truly get that the cameras behind Michael, and you're going on the hunt. Mm-hmm. You're in the ocean with them. You're gonna see the shark eat. Yeah, you kind of you kind of get that same feeling as though you did with the first Halloween. Whenever it was just that that POV shot of. Little Michael, you exactly. Know? You didn't, you didn't fall. Like, you, yeah, you still have those moments where you're following the victim around. You don't know, ooh, is he behind? The, is he around the corner? Oh, is, is he in the closet? Oh my God, is he in the closet, Nate? Is he in the closet, Nate? 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 Shut she's a girl. Up. Yeah, I got you. I got you on camera. You on candid camera now. Like that long tracking shot that you get in the trailer, you don't get all of it, but you get most of it. Like, there's still another like seven eighths. <laughs> yeah, seven eighths. I, I would. I don't know. I would say like a third left over, because like you, you do still get to follow him around, but at one point the the camera ends up staying static and he takes off without you, but you still see him. Yeah. But you I miss him for like four that. seconds. I love that they did that one shot. Yeah, that was awesome. That was that I appreciated a lot. You got that same feeling that you did when you first watched Halloween within those first like what five minutes. Yeah, was it? Would you say five minutes with the killing of Judith? Yeah, it's it's the similar first, to that. Yeah, long tracking similar. shot. 
just that real long tracking shot of just watching Michael go, you know? Yeah, it's a... There are some... Look, this movie is probably... It's gorgeous. I love that scene in the house where he's just in the moonlight and his hands dripping blood and he's just standing there. And it's dark. All the thing you can see is just kind of like a little highlight outline of Would you say that he was um, emulating the shape? (laughs) He is the shape in this. He's returned. (laughs) It's awesome. With this one, you get... Gorgeous shots, gorgeous directing, really good acting. Even from the teens, the teens, the first time watching this kind of annoyed me, but then I like second time I was over it. Like they didn't bother me anymore. So it's got good suspense. It's got good elements, you know, but like I said, my my main thing, the main thing with Halloween, the original was that soundtrack, that piercing, scary soundtrack. So I actually got a million questions for y'all because with this being surprisingly enough, the first Halloween and the entire franchise that I got to sit down and watch in theaters <laughs> because I hadn't obviously I wasn't alive in 78 <laughs> and like the only time I would have like even remotely started picking up on it wouldn't have been until at earliest resurrection maybe <laughs> that that was probably when I was like when was resurrection I think it was Give me 2001 2000 yeah, yeah I wouldn't I still wouldn't have been able to see it so yeah, Rob Zombie would would have been whenever I would have been able to pick up on actually watching yeah. the movie because at that point I would have been eighteen. I wouldn't have to drag my mom to him. So. Well, yeah, H two O was ninety eight. Yeah. So, but yeah, Resurrection was two thousand two thousand one. And Rob Zombie's two thousand seven and nine. Yeah. So yeah, Rob Zombie would have been the first one I would have been able to see, but I actually didn't get to see any of like none of these Halloween movies I wouldn't have been Ooh. able to see. So this is. Y'all were part of my first experience in a Hop theater for Halloween. Yeah, yes, I exactly. Your, I saw your ass jump to a bunch of times. Yep. <laughs> like it, like yeah. I was like, man, this is really good. It's because, a fact. There's good scares um, in it. There is good jokes. Yeah, it was definitely, like, for me, this movie, like, I didn't really see it as horror. I saw it as more as a thriller mm-hmm. because it does have those horror elements, which leads me to my next part. Like, what did you think of the kills? Because this is a little more brutal. This is a lot more brutal in comparison to Michael from original. This is a guy that's been jonesing for fucking 40 years to whip it out. And he whips it out. good. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, it's pretty much like stab chest once, except Judith. You know, she got she got handled pretty well. It was weird seeing him play. It was really weird seeing him play in this one. Because it was like he did the ghost thing. He did the, the jack-o'-lantern thing. I mean, he stuffed people in the closet. I mean, Dude, that jack-o'-lantern thing was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It was just, it was weird because it was like... He was more brutal. Seen like... It wasn't, a, it wasn't so much of his M.O. This, for this entire movie. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love the carnage. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. That's being, you know, keeping up to date with this Oh, yeah. No, it, it really was. Like, would you say it was a la... Halloween two, where they're like, "Oh man, yeah, Michael wasn't up the ante. Michael wasn't he wasn't terrifying enough. All he mm. did was like slightly stab here, slightly stab here, and just pin somebody there, you know. Mm. Whereas this one, you actually got where Jason's fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> ripping people's heads off and shit. Oh yeah. yeah, Jason's ripping heads off, and here Michael's actually like he's ripping teeth out, he's dislocating jaws, snapping necks. He kills a kid? Yeah, that was shocking. He kills a kid. Your opinion on that. Yes. I thought it was neat. Yours, please. I was was thinking it was really cool because I didn't expect him to go there. I thought he was going to push the kid out of the car, but when he smashed him and choked him, he hear the crunch. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa. 
and not seeing what happened to the dad till very much later with Hawkins. I love that play because yeah. it was like Snap less that. is more. I was like, cool. Yeah. So with that being said, with the kid, um, why do you think that he went after that kid and not all the others that he ran into? I don't know because I think they missed an opportunity. He should have killed the baby to escape. To escape. That to was escape. that was purely the only reason he killed that kid. Was, he, I need this vehicle. When he killed the chick with the hammer to get the knife and he passes by the crime baby, he should have killed the baby. No. You know what? I love that you it, think that's going like to happen. Like a witch though. and turn turn into guacamole. <laughs> I love oh, the way he looks. On. He looks down and he kind of just motions just yeah. to keep on hunting. Yeah. The way... Because uh, I, I... But I it would have been neat. Yeah, it would have been, been neat. I think he should have killed those two kids that bumped into him. Uh, well, he, hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, like I brought that up to uh, I love how it's part. Sorry. I love how when he walks out of the house. The black chick like looks at him like, what the fuck? And the guy's yeah. like, hey, I found my stethoscope. We can like, go. You just got like, lucky. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, The reason why I bring it up is because I brought I brought that same question up to Laura and Cody whenever we were driving because we all took separate vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they think about it? Laura was like, I, why did he kill the kid? What was the point? Like, if he killed one, why not kill the others? My answer to that, though, was because he saw the kid as a threat because the kid came out with a gun. Whereas all these other kids that he, the baby, obviously harmless. The two kids in the Halloween costumes, harmless. Whereas the babysitter and the boyfriend, she attacked him with a chair. Boyfriend comes at him with a knife. Yeah. Um, the only reason why Tubby didn't get it was because I guess he was wrong place, wrong he time. He ran. <laughs> yeah. Or because he tried to make a an advance at the girl. Yeah. With the little kid? No, no, no. The, oh, the best drunk. friend. The devil. Well, he was drinking. He was, yeah. you know, whole Yeah, he didn't he didn't kill he didn't kill the little Jeremiah kid. No. He didn't that kill kid him. ran out of the house. Hey, dude, he if bolted. you want to live, you better run. Yeah. Don't go up there. You'll get killed, Dave. <laughs> I'll go up there. No, no, send Dave first. But yes, awesome. But yeah. that was my point. Like I brought it up to them. They're like, oh well, no. It's just he was out in broad daylight. If he wasn't in broad daylight, he would have killed them all. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I think it's because of the fact that he saw it as a threat. Yeah. I, I don't think it took. He, he you, kid, you might be right about the threat, but I literally took it as I need this fucking car. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go play. Yeah, and also it's it's uh, keeping uh, his identity secret more. Younger, yeah. yeah I mean, if he left a, a survivor, there's somebody like that guy got away. Yeah, here's this is what he looks like. What we would you drive? Exactly. Yeah. True. Another thing uh, that I kind of caught on to, I don't know if any, if you guys did, is that he did not go hunting after Lori or her family. He went on a street and started killing people house to house to house. And it just so happens, Lori uh, Lori's granddaughter Allison's friends were babysitting in this next house yeah and literally him in that house and Lori shows up and shoots the window out he sees Lori. well there it is there's that bitch yep. you know what i mean like it wasn't like he's going directly after Lori. he's just a madman on the loose he got his costume back his mask back and went back to haddonville did yeah. you notice that the mechanic he killed was probably about five foot three <laughs> he had short little legs That's like when he was laying there naked i was like in in the theater i was he's like he's not six foot he is he is short, even if he is missing his head. <laughs> He's short. You can tell by rib cage and shit. I love that the first thing he does is he goes and visits Judith's grave. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was cool. I really am glad that, you know, this whole movie was about, you know, the podcast journalists trying to get Michael to speak, the doctor trying to get Michael to speak. Uh, I really was dreading 
Michael speaking. I thought they were going to go that way, and I was like, oh, thank God they didn't. I know in part two he's going to say something. I hope so. That that was the yeah, but if he says anything like die, everybody's gonna fucking hate it. Yeah. Once again, go into my poetry segment of the last yeah. <laughs> the last episode. Well, and I, I agree with you. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have really liked him to have spoken. It would have been something that would would have been kinda cool if it was like very, very subtle. Like mm-hmm. you were like you're a little bit about um I can't remember what part of or part four when all those Michael starts showing up. And they all kind of scatter, and you yeah. you hear that last one little bit. You thought it was me, kind of thing. You, you thought know? it was me, didn't you? Um, at the very like at the end when uh, it's like the final act, everything is finally coming, finally coming to an end. Like it would have, I, I the only time I would have, it to me would have been acceptable for him to say anything is in that final scene with Lori. Dumb. If he would have said, if she would have said, like, burn in hell or whatever have you, and you just hear him whisper, no. Oh, no. 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 You told me that in the car, and that makes me shudder. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. That's like, like Jason. Like, shudder good say, or shudder bad? No, like, no, no. no. I thought it would have like been like, nice. Jason, say hello to mommy and well, like, hell. Like, that, that, that's that type of line for me. I, don't I know. would have liked if you, like... When he saw Lori, he like said Strode or something like that. Like that. A la Nemesis the, from Resident Evil? Yeah. Stars. <laughs> well, shit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't want him to say die. Uh, no, I don't, no, no. I, don't, I really no. don't want any like go to hell line. But, so, you know, if he said like Lori or Strode or, you know, mm-hmm. something that aims him back at her, that, I mean, you know, him looking up from that basement. If he would have said, like, any word right there, it'd be like... Oh, snap! Because when you're writing the script and you're thinking about the story, you really got to think about, like, if you give a shit to think about it. Um, you, you start thinking about, what would where, where's his motivation in this whole mm-hmm. thing? Like, why even go visit your sister's grave? Like, what is the purpose? I mean, he's not going to say anything. He's just here to just, uh, cause him utter strength. fucking destruction. I think it just gives him strength. I think that's why he always goes up. Because when the doctor brings up, did he say Judith? And then that you see him, like, the mask isn't on the fucking seat anymore. It's actually he's wearing it. He's sitting there. I, I just... love that the Sinclair tombstone is is there. Yeah. You know what I mean, that was a big part of the first one. Gotcha. And it's in this one. And I was just like, fuck, yes, they did that right. That is perfect. Because <laughs> that's like, you know, one of the tombstones in the original that you see. Like, it's like, huh. Uh, like, that's one of the most visited tombstones for Halloween people mm-hmm. is because it's such a big, old, cool-looking tombstone. And here it is in this movie. That was such a good stroke on those dudes. That sounded really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird, uh, they shot this in South Carolina, the yeah. whole film. And I thought that was kind of smart because you actually see the breath of people. Like mm-hmm. I was like, awesome, thank you. For- and you got leaves. Yeah. And it's not overly saturated. I was amazed. Like, was like you actually got the fall. Granted, we still didn't get corn. God damn, they need corn. It's Illinois. You know what I mean? It's southern Illinois. It's, you know, that's where we get our corn, people. <laughs> it's that, that region. I, I, I'm still praying one of these days that somebody will hear me. I do a cornfield scene. Cornfield scene. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> With the the carnage, the story, what did y'all feel about the characters? Like, obviously, you, you you voiced your opinion on the Doctor, but with what about how did you feel with Jamie Lee Curtis's performance? How did you feel about the Sheriff? 
um, Judy Ralph. Greer, all that. Like, what what did you think about all that? Uh, like, Judy Greer, I was super worried about. Jamie, Jamie is a consummate like, professional. Did you, did you every feel, movie she's been in, she's always done a good job. Like, did you feel anything for any of these characters? Did they did they make you want to want them to live or die? Okay, um, Allison, no, not until the very end. Okay, Judy Greer, I don't like Judy Greer, but in in this movie, I don't like her until that very last segment. Mm-hmm. She's trapped in the basement with her daughter. She's been trained by Lori. Uh, fuck, we've missed talking about all of this. Uh, apologies. Uh, so she got trained by Lori when she was a kid and got taken away. So because they deem the house unsafe and Lori an unfit mother. Lori, this entire thing has been like, I've been preparing you for this. And Judy like is like, you are, are fucking nuts. So it's cool to see like, in the last segments of this movie, her trapped in the basement with her daughter and they've got this sliding cabinet that, that there's a manhole Michael's pulling on and she's got her old gun and she's sitting there just waiting and pointing up at it. And you know, Michael flips the thing over and she goes, oh, mommy, mommy, I can't do it. I guess can Michael appears and she goes, gotcha. Bam. Shoots him. At that moment, I really liked her. The daughter, same thing, kind of impartial towards until that weird last scene, which I want to talk about because I don't know what it means. I'm intrigued where her storyline goes. The cop, Will Patton, God, I wish he had something to do. I really wish he had something to do here because he was fun. Uh, He just said, Sheriff's Department uh, responding to a domestic disparity. He said that like three times throughout the whole movie, and then he was fucking dead. The doctor absolutely hated the boyfriend. Absolutely hated um, the little black kid was hilarious. I love yeah, that, that kid. black kid was probably one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> he was great. But, all in all, I, I like just about everybody at the conclusion of the film. Which imagine. boyfriend? Uh, 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 Allison's. And Allison's. I don't okay. care about your weird stupidness. Like, yeah. I, you know, you threw, you threw Chicky's phone in the guacamole or in the cheese dip because you were getting kissed by tiger tits. Yeah. I don't care about, I don't care about any of the side characters, the Strodes, uh, Judy, like, yeah, I've loosened up towards her, but yeah, I'm pretty much the Strodes. What about the dad? Dad was fucking horrible. I mean, he had one funny line, and the rest of the time he was just awkward. Oh. Did you kind of? Did you feel the same way? Do you like? Uh, I like Allison's uh, boyfriend. He comes out. He's actually part of the Blumhouse alumni because he's actually comes out in the the Purge TV series. Okay, so he had a role in that. And that's oh, where Miles. I, I, Are you talking Allison's, Allison's boyfriend, boyfriend, the curly haired kid? Oh. Yeah, he was. Uh, he comes out in the Purge, and he does a really cool character in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is great if, you, if you're not watching the Purge TV series. That's a must watch. Dylan Arnold. Um, but I didn't mind anybody in this. Yeah. I think I think Jamie Lee Curtis did a great job because I mean, just her being in that type of uh, neurosis throughout the whole fucking since her experience. I mean, you you can imagine the failed marriages that they uh, they kind of point out. You can uh, imagine. You know, you almost that uh, that Judy Greer was almost like, um, you know, something of like a, that that she had this kid through a one night stand or just a failed relationship, yeah, or failed marriage, obviously because of the divorces and stuff. But it's just like, how many was it? Two, three, two, two, yeah, two divorces, like, and and then lost she lost custody. custody. Like the kid was like at twelve, yeah. So it kind of really paints as like she's not she she never became the honor student that she was after the the event with Michael, yeah. 
And I think her life didn't pan out the way that she wanted. Oh, at all, right? I mean, uh, but then again, it doesn't seem like it panned out any way that she wanted. No, but yeah, all in all, I mean, regardless of a timeline. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's what's funny is that I'm really starting to adjust to the idea that Halloween as a whole is becoming a choose your own adventure. Yeah, kind of fucking series. It's kind of like, oh, what should I go for today? Halloween 1 to H2O mm-hmm. or Halloween this to the Blumhouse Halloween. It's like you got to pick your path of what you're going to like swallow as far as mythology and storyline goes. Yeah. So it's very, yeah, choose your own adventure. Um, <laughs> with that boyfriend, the one that Allison's boyfriend, how did you feel about him not biting the dust? That was, they just dropped that storyline completely. Yeah, yeah, they missed a few it's, cues. It, it seemed as though, for me, yeah, it it seemed as though that was a missed opportunity. That was like, that was a revenge kill that you were really hoping for, but you didn't, you didn't get that satisfaction. It left you a little, it left a little to be desired with that. A sequel? Part two, maybe? Probably as a meat shield. Well, it yeah. was also the, uh, you know, uh, Will Patton's boss, or Will Patton, right? God, yeah. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, it's, uh, it's also his boss, the, the. Black sheriff with the the big cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's set up to be like a. Returning... He was an asshole and like totally like, you know, like makes fun of of Michael Myers like oh, escaping. Michael, Michael Myers escaped with a bunch of crazy inmates. What are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? Yeah, he's just a, he's, <laughs> he's just a shit bag. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a couple of characters in here that I'm like, God, you really missed an opportunity killing yeah. them. But maybe they they're safe for the sequel. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Did you like the whole house scene? I mean, how did it play? It played Loved a little it. slow the second viewing for me. It was just like it felt slow, but it. I, I kind of felt like, as though that was intentional to try and build up the suspense. And gotcha. Then. I love that she's walking around checking these rooms, and as she clears the room, bam, a door drops, yeah. and just you're if you're in there, you're locked in, but you can't go in. And I'm gonna fucking you know, systematically track you down where you are in this house. But then it got to that, her bedroom and it's got like open doors into the outside. And it's like, well, you can't trap him in that bedroom. Like, and that's where the mannequins are. But yeah, I loved, I loved how this was filmed. I loved how Mike, Michael got fucked up in this house. Um, again, uh, I think they missed an opportunity. I think Lori should have died. I don't know how you would have written that, and maybe I'm wrong, but one of the Strodes should have died, either Judy Greer or, or Allison or Lori. More than likely, Lori, though. She should have she should have been it. I, I really hated when, she, you know, up in her room, she grabs this knife and goes at Michael, and they have, like, this little wrestling match with the knife. It's like, dude, this guy just fucking cranked out a bunch of people. Like, he is stronger in hell, and you're going to wrestle him with a knife? Like, wouldn't he just grab you by the throat and... No, he's got like the. <laughs> well, I mean, even with his strong hand, he could have like you know snapped her neck or something. But yeah. it was like just well, like, like this was... weird dance move, and it was like, hey, there was one moment. It seemed as though she was going to bite the dust. Like whenever he was like slamming her head into the inside of the door. Yeah, that part I like, was like, oh my god, shit. I I really thought she was going to die at that that mm. moment. Yeah. No, and she ends up just like fucking blasting his hand. Very home aloneish. Yeah, right there. yeah. I'm just, I'm just thankful this wasn't as as gnarly of Benny a Hill uh, as H2O ending was. This really pushed the thing where I didn't feel that Michael was the predator at all. It was like Lori was. Yeah, and he was the prey because yeah. even when he played the scene with the balcony, it really just led to the thing like, yeah, you're, you're not even. 
in the same ballpark, Michael. Like, yeah, she's, you're you're no longer you're playing in her playground like, now. Oh yeah, like for for and when she comes out as a shape, oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, like for ninety percent of this movie, yeah, Michael's the one that's pursuing the entire time. Like you get Lori like hunting for him as well, but it doesn't seem as though it's more of her trying to be like, oh hey, like I need you to. I'm to, crazy. I'm gonna kill you. I'm, like I'm the crazy. Stay away. Woman, you know, the revolver sitting exactly. in the car. But yeah, it wasn't until they got to the house that. It, it became apparent that Michael was ill-prepared. Yeah. Like, those 40 years behind behind those walls just... Well, the Michael I knew would have never done that. Like, you know, you very clearly... He was always so sly, and he was good at getting people to go where he wanted them to go, and he kind of just went where they wanted him to go, and I think that was his disadvantage. Yeah, because you see him when he's walking through the house, he's looking at the gated rooms, and he's like, I can't go that way, okay. <laughs> and then when he's suffering with the uh, the island, and he's trying to find the you know the panic room, mm-hmm. it was like Nate said, it's like, he was, that was it. You're already marked. Like yeah. they, they have you going where they want you to go. Yeah. And, well, and this is whenever they make Michael, like, they've axed everything that happens to him after the first one, so he's no longer superhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is human. Yeah. Like yeah, he he gets shot earlier in the movie and bloods. Yeah, he he, nice blood and he staggers and he yeah. just keeps. Grant, yeah, he's still it. Like he's human, but it seems like he doesn't have a pain threshold. threshold. Yeah. There is a yeah. uh, uh, a te- uh, technical term for that. It's congenital insensitivity to pain, and it's a real thing. It's rare, but it's when a person literally cannot feel or never has felt pain. If they kept him in the same asylum for 40 years, it would be cool that they just use like trank darts just to take him down. Yeah. Yeah. I love the end though, man, where, you know, they knock him down there and yeah, that pin, the, the cage thing was a shock to me. I was Mm -hmm. surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. Kind of of a weird line though. It's not a cage. It's a trap. It's a matter of perspective, (laughs) ma'am. If you're inside there, it's a cage. If you're outside, that's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) The the gas lines was awesome. Oh, yeah. But another thing that really, really pissed me off is that that dollhouse was not the Myers house. It looks... It looked kind of like it, but it wasn't. (laughs) It it wasn't it. (laughs) Like, I got you. It it should have been. The Myers house is a character in the first one. It's the boogeyman's house. It's the haunted house of the town. It's not here. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be demolished. Years. But it should like have a scene of like them at least driving to the location where the house was located because he always went back to his house. Yeah. Um, it should have had something, a line, a drive-by, a something with the cop. I mean, yeah. the cop and the doctor are about as useless as tits on a bullfrog in this movie. All the cops. Like the two cops in the end that you know become the jack-o'-lantern. Those are like the cops from part five talking about a goddamn sandwich. And it's yeah. just a fun it's, just to see the banter, I guess. Just cause. Yeah, the, the banter between them two was hysterical. It's like, very real. You just seem like, like the... a PB&J kind of guy. Oh, I made my lunch. What did you make? A brownie. That made it home. That looks like what a five-year-old would put together if he <laughs> yeah, made a lunch. If he was capable of making a lunch. <laughs> Luckily, you have the coolest uh, you know, partner in the world. I got you a whatever fucking sandwich. On me. Yeah, that was... Th- that particular scene, it seems like... I don't know. Yeah, they did seem like a little like throwaway characters from part five where it's just kind of like, man, I I don't know about this. They like I understand what their purpose was for being at the house, mm-hmm. but it just like like Nate said, it's just they they seemed kind of useless in this. Yeah, like Throw they away. were there. They were there for that one comedic line to try to ease the tension a little bit. And then 
just as a device to get Michael moving again. Yeah. Like, get him a reason to start moving towards that house. Like, I hate that they have to use the doctor and the Hawkins scene as a reason to get Michael in a vehicle to find Lori's fucking Ugh. place. I hate that. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's the story, right? It's what you're getting. I mean, yeah. you know, would I give it the best 100%? No. But watch the series, please. And then watch this. Yeah. It's light years better. Yeah. I mean, the when she shoots to the floor, it lets you know that the floor is made out of wood. There was a water heater down there. I don't know. I can think of a couple of ways to maybe stay maybe long enough alive in the the uh, cellar so maybe Michael could still escape. Because I think if the camera shot would have stayed on that, that front door just a little bit longer, you might have seen like a soaking wet Michael, like, yeah. or like half-burned Michael, like, there's windows. Fumbling out down there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like, windows down there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, it, depending on how big that, because you, he Depending gets on out. How big There's... Michael is. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. At the end of the movie, yeah, you definitely don't see him anymore. He's he's no longer standing there. Just to see like that one, like have that shot linger just for like two more seconds, just to see a hint of a figure, would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, that that would have been so fucking cool. But instead, we're into we end up getting this little. I, I consider it a pretty cool homage because whenever Nate was showing me the first Halloween years ago, he was all excited because at the very end of the movie, you hear that breathing oh, yeah. during the, in the credits because it's showing all the locations that he was at as the credits are rolling and you hear him breathing in the background. And I didn't think that he caught it that first time around because he had his chorus yeah. of, a, of a tabernacle choir behind him. <laughs> um, second time around, he, he was like, all right, let's go. I was like, no, 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 no. There's still something at the end. He's like, what? As we sat there, like I forgot, at the, yeah. At the very end of it, all you hear is that heavy breathing, and I was like, "That's what you were so excited about the first time." That's I thought, what you had me wait for, Ralph. Yes, My because, back teeth are floating <laughs> because I wanted you, I wanted you to hear it because I was happy about it. Yeah. Like I was excited because I heard, it, and I was like, "Oh my god, Nate would love this!" And then he comes out. <laughs> he was like an angry Chihuahua, dude. Those coming ladies, out. man. Oh, I'll never forgive them. So, like, I. I was excited about it. I was I was like ecstatic oh, yeah. that they did that because beat for beat, almost like the first one. So because you get the setup, you get the kills, you get the hunter looking for the prey and then vice versa. But what I really like about this is this movie is super fun. To see it in theaters was something special because you guys got to see... H2O, Resurrection, Rob Zombies, both in theaters. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you guys had memories of these. And now that I finally get to sit down and watch this one, I was like, man. Yeah. This is what these guys were fucking experiencing. I was having my own doctor, whatever, you know. I want to know what they are feeling. I want to I want to know that feeling. I am certain that they are certain of their feelings. <laughs> Don't try to be funny with me, monsieur. This is a very serious matter. Final thoughts, Ralph. Final thoughts. So, final thoughts. This movie was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to see it twice. Um, I'm very appreciative. Again, thank you for inviting oh, no me. No problem, dude. Um, thank you for joining us, even though we kind of 
we had to find a way to get you in. Because um, if not, we would not have heard the end of it. We were only six seats away from each other, and I was in a totally different world. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, now this movie, the story was, I, I, I really enjoyed the story. Granted, we all had our little gripes here and there. The doctor, the doctor, I didn't mind him, but I felt as though he was a little, he, he felt out of place in some scenes. And there was some scenes that he shouldn't have bothered with. Like the, like, there's a scene in the movie whenever they hit Michael with the car, he kills the sheriff, and the next time you see him, he pops up with Michael's mask. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is how it is. Keep in mind, this man got shot in the shoulder with a thirty odd six, and he like one handed like he his other his arm is in a one arm is in a cast like brace sling. kind of thing sling. And the other arm, he's dragging Michael <laughs> across the pavement. And and Allison's in the backseat of the cop car. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, move over for my patient. Yeah, and somehow he manages to like manhandle Michael <laughs> and get him into the fucking police car. SUV that's probably sitting, what, two feet off the ground? At least. I don't know what they're feeding them at, the, at Smith's Grove, but I want to know what it is because apparently they're feeding all these fucking inmates something. Michael is a beast of a man. If it's anything like any of these other timelines, he has the grip strength and the fucking arm strength of... I have no fucking idea what. (laughs) He is just insane, and if this kind of follows the same thing where Michael has like this inhuman fucking arm strength and whatnot, what are they giving the fucking doctors? No shit, right? For him to lift up this man that... Pins with knives. Like, (laughs) let's take a guess. How how big is this Michael? I think he's probably like 6'3". Definitely, he's definitely tall, fucking tall. tall. So six three, give him a rough estimate weight of 240, 250, a tight two forty. He's pretty lean though. He's uh, but, scarecrowish. Yeah, but okay. So let's let's say at least two twenty. Yeah, two twenty, two thirty. Bare tops. minimum two twenty. Yeah. Damn. And to That's think that how wow. how how big is how much how big is the doctor? Like well, it's like five, five three, five two. He's five, a little three. Frenchman, I think. I think he's French. Doctor. So for him to pick this giant of a man up and throw him in there, that seemed a little off. Like there was a few like wacky scenes here and there, you know. Yeah. Characters were all believable to me. Um, I felt as though everyone that was a shit heel got what they deserved. Was there a couple of characters that kind of didn't deserve it? Yeah. But we're not here to take scores to who gets what when, you know. Hell, they. The ones that were supposed to get that didn't might come back in the sequel, and we'll get what they deserve tenfold. You Hopefully. know, you never know. Is there really places you can go with this? Uh, you know, I think right now it's people are visiting it because it's a classic, and people have been missing it because we haven't gotten one for a long time. Yeah. Um, well, or do you think that they would end up pulling an original Halloween too, where they end it, they end Michael's story here? And then just move on to something else. Still nope. titled Halloween. Yeah, you, know? uh, you don't think so? I don't know. I think they'll. You don't think the Sakad is that brave? No. What I think is going to happen is this is probably going to play out into a trilogy format. Mm-hmm. Maybe depends on how well the second one's received. But I think this is going to play out to a trilogy format, and then they're going to reboot everything with a brand new Lori. I think that's pretty much where I'll go. To end, to end my little final thought though, uh, this movie for me is going to be a definite buy. Like. 4k release sold it's gonna happen if they do like a limited edition steelbook 4k done (laughs) pre-ordered already you know ready to go heck yeah so that that's where i sit on this and it's 
this movie is one that you should not miss. Like this is this is definitely like the storyline that I'd be willing to follow. Like you said, this is the Halloween franchise suffers from the entire create your own storybook kind of setup where you either go one, two, four, five, six, or you go, um, uh, what was it? One, two, then H two O. One, two, seven, eight, yeah. and then one, two, seven. <laughs> yeah. And now you now have one in, one in twenty eighteen. Yeah. You know, it, it's and if I was to pick my own storybook, it'd be one in twenty eighteen. Yeah, then like that's one, two, four, five, six. <laughs> yeah, no, like this would be the storybook I, story I would go with, and this is definitely again a movie that I wouldn't want to miss. This is this was fun. This was enjoyable. They they don't make it seem as though you have to watch the first one because they give you enough explanation in the beginning of the movie to give you an idea of what happened. Um, if you want to go see the first one and catch those little nuance or those little like nods to the original, by all means, knock yourself out. Like go for it. If not, go in, watch this one, and just sit back and enjoy um yeah i agree ralph uh this is you know i like i said when i first walked out of it i was kind of bummed i was part of the hype train but after the second viewing and enjoying it um just in a better state of mind i guess uh this was one of those where it was like it didn't take time to grow on me it took the realization that it's my own fault that i didn't like that first viewing more than likely it's the lays behind me fault but um this movie came out it, it, it's smashing shit it's looking great i suggest if you're not a huge halloween fan i really really cannot stress watching the first one then going and seeing this just to refresh your brain and try to that was another thing that i had a big problem with the first time is because i am a halloween fan i'm a franchise fan well not so much anymore but i was a huge franchise fan and to ask the huge leap of forget everything that was like that was a little hard for the first hour of that film it was like god okay fuck everything i know i you know i'm no longer the expert i'm no all the books i've written all the everything i've ever done with halloween you know it doesn't even matter anymore so that was uh like a hard getting over hurdle second time i didn't have a problem i, I was able to just enjoy the movie um this michael myers is a bad motherfucker dude he fucks people up i mean you know he's been caged for 40 years first time he's only caged 15 years you know he's got some aggressiveness to let out um the kills are amazing the acting's really good i think visually this is probably my favorite halloween it is gorgeous some of the ways they shoot the shape and shadow and and they always tease you with this like hanger and clothes in the background you think he's going to be back there. he's never back there but it's there's they're always fucking teasing you it's gorgeous. It's fun. James Jude Courtney did a amazing job as the shape. I don't care what anybody fucking says. He he got it down. It you know the only can the only thing that people might be like, oh well, you know uh, that's not how the shape was. Well, this guy's fucking pure evil. He's been balled up for forty fucking years. Yeah, I can imagine him being a little more vicious. So he's got to express some rage. Right. But yeah, man, this is a definite buy. I'm going to buy it and buy it and buy it again. This, to me, is the, a perfect Halloween 2. Um, even though we have 
three Halloween twos. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> fucking three of them. So, yeah, um, yeah enjoy Again, it. Depends please, on the please go see it. That's an important thing. Okay, um, you, if you give your money to the right projects, you get sequels. If you go in and get all butthurt and tell people don't go see it. They don't release them for years, and then you bitch and wonder why you don't get a fucking movie for years. Go see the fucking movie and enjoy it. Get a popcorn, get a chick, get a handy. Boom! There you go. Um, I'm not. Everybody pretty much said pretty much how I kind of feel too. There's a there's a feel I like for Halloween. A feel I like for Michael. And this place would step into it at some places, but then there would be shots that would just take me out of it. And I just didn't enjoy it at some places, but that's nitpicking. All in all, it's a great film from beginning to end. Actors are good. Lori does a great job. It's not your typical slasher, and I think that's what I appreciated. Uh, Blumhouse has everything in play right now to really do something that's standalone if they want to. I wish Blumhouse would be the ones that would take the Halloween thing and actually create a different Halloween story every Halloween. I wish they could run with Carpenter's original idea. Uh, the ending was very long in the tooth, but appreciated. I like the uh, where we end on this story. Uh, it's a buy for me. It's uh, one of the truer sequels, uh, fun and memorable. But yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do with the property. It, it makes me wish that they get their hands on Nightmare on Friday. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I would like to see Blumhouse crank out some stuff because if they take, look, this this franchise should have died after 1981. Um, if they can take this and make it current, which they did, I'd yeah. like to see it with other properties. So. Yeah, nobody used Siri. Oh God, <laughs> I'm so glad he threw her phone in the fucking cheese. I want to do a little bet. This movie had an estimated budget of. Somewhere between ten and fifteen million. Where do you think it's going to land when it ends in the box? Two fifty. Two fifty. Okay, so you t- said two fifty. What, what did you think? What, what are you thinking? Like weekend box office? No, or total. Like, total, 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 total worldwide. Like, well, we'll, we'll we will, re- we will. How much? I, we bet I don't know if you guys will hear it, listeners, but like estimated by the time it le- from day one of it being released to when it releases on Blu-ray DVD. We'll go back and see how much it made box office-wise and see who was the closest in lunch or whatever. Like, <laughs> fucking, yeah, Dak and Bop. <laughs> yeah, Dak and Bop. Um, I don't know, 180? 180? Yeah. You think 180? Okay. I said 250? What do you say? 250? I would, if I was to make a bet, I'd have to say, let's go 220. Okay. Let's go 220. Anything over 250? Naked some free chicken! <laughs> <laughs> we'll do prices right, whoever's the closest. That's right. Or whoever ends up overshooting it. Hey! Wait a minute. What if it makes 249? You win? 240? No, it'd be closer to you. All right. <laughs> That's how price is right, is if you go over, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you no, heard no. it first. <laughs> we'll, we'll go, yeah. But you guys will never hear the outcome. Fat man's it. getting some Korean chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Dak and Pop. So okay, I just wanted to throw that out there because, like, like it, it like I said, it had a budget of like ten million. I and mean, if they make seventy five million this opening weekend, there's going to be another boom on that movie at Halloween and the days leading up to Halloween. So there's probably another seventy five to a hundred million. So I, I really think this movie could. 
I think, go over the 300 mark. But considering all these movies, none have made more than 80, well, 90 million. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tall order. Yeah. So with y'all being locked into y'all's numbers now, too fitty. With y'all, yeah, with y'all being locked in y'all's numbers now, as of as of right now, as of like an hour or two ago, uh, it has already made seven point eight million. Just on opening day. Opening day. So we haven't gotten Ooh. into the weekend. We haven't gotten into. Oh yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, we yeah. got time. Yeah, we, yeah, you still got plenty of time. But just like already opening day, it's at seven point eight, seven point seven, seven point eight million already. But anyway, so we got another little treat for you, so hit the damn music. Is this Aussie conditioner? That is fine hide leather. You've never felt soccer penis. Let me hear you shit, baby. You're good. Good, good, good. Like, 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 like a fucking Pepsi commercial. And I'm back. <laughs> uh, so tonight on Get It Straight with Nate, go see the fucking movie. I'm Nate. <laughs> short, no, 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 no. End it right there. Short, sweet, simple. We're done. Okay, so um, what's your number one? For my number one, it would have to be the original oh, because yeah. the original you can't. You, that one is up there. It's the first one. It's the one that sets everything up. I love a really good origin story, especially if it's somebody of this caliber. Um, like I said in our first episode, I see this guy as one of the classics. He is the one that set everything up. He is he is pretty much the guy that gave me Jason. Like Jason mm. is my slasher of choice. But Michael, if it wasn't for Michael, we we probably wouldn't have gotten a Jason. We might have eventually gotten there, but it would have been somebody completely different, a whole new setup, so on and so forth. So, like with music for me, you have to appreciate the classics to appreciate what you got now. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, number one right there. Um, after that, it would have to – I would say I would say number two because I just – it happened in the same night. It was – I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, granted, the entire movie takes place in the in the hospital, so it's kind of bland. Like seeing the same sights over and 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 over again. So you got that one. I would put this new one right next to that. Like that would be a very very close second. This new one was really fucking good. I appreciated it. It's. It's up there for it should have been the sequel that we would that we should have gotten, but due to limitations and whatnot, we didn't we couldn't get it. But this one's still a lot of fun. After that, I would probably say four, uh, solely because of the fact we got we ended up getting Daniel Harris. It had a very good ending, which I wish they would have pursued because it would have been great to see like the mantle getting passed on, but with a cod kind of meh after that i would say season of the witch because it's something different uh you ended up getting a whole different storyline got what uh john carpenter originally wanted which was to have an anthology series have like michael be the first one then have a different story for another halloween another story so on and so forth um and from there it just kind of gets muddled to me after that (laughs) like i would say h2o after that 
then maybe five, and then Rob Zombie number one. It just it, I, I know it's going to end with Rob Zombie too. So just kind of really over resurrection. Yeah, <laughs> plug and play because I did not care because like. <laughs> Two just wasn't there for me at all. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my list. So that those first up until Rob Zombie one, and then you just plug and play after that. So that, all those can kind of mix and match wherever number you want. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween one for me is uh, number one. Uh, Halloween uh, 2018 is number two. Uh, then I, then I'm pretty easy after that. Uh, Halloween two uh, with the hospital stuff. Uh, Halloween three. Uh, Halloween four. Halloween five. Uh, I'll put Rob Zombie 1 and 2 before I put Halloween 6 and Resurrection. And that's kind of what I end on. Where'd you put H2O? Oh, H2O. I forgot about that one. You know what? I like that one, so I'll probably put that right smack dab between 4 and 5. 78. uh, 88. I hate the look of him. Fuck. Fuck. Well, based it off of like how much entertainment did you get? Out well, of I really love eighty-eight. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that was like, you know, uh, I think it was the second or third one that I saw, which I loved it. But and I still love it to this day. I just fucking hate the look of Michael. Okay, I'll, I'll revise seventy-eight, uh, eighteen, eighty-eight. Uh, Rob Zombie two, Halloween three, OG two, Rob Zombie H one, H two O six five eight. Nice. So pretty much the top three is kind of relatively the same. Yeah, One, this, two, and remake, or not remake. But this was a good sequel. Um, the only thing that changed for me uh, since last time we got together is Rob Zombie's 2 moved up a couple spots. Like H1, I really like Rob Zombie's H1, but God damn it, I hate the beginning story with the family life. If it would have just started in the clinic... You know, or like start with like the killing and then the clinic. I really enjoyed the clinical stuff, and then from there it's just a retrace, retrace yeah. of the original. Like so. I went autopilot yeah. on my list. Honestly, I think part four is kind of like my favorite up there, but I don't know. I, I really like four. <clears throat> I think it's the best standalone story. Daniel Harris. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. I mean, it's if that terrifying. was just like your only sequel you would get, that was kind of like. I just I wish I wish they go CGI the right mask on his fucking face. Yeah, that'd be a plus. I love Don Pleasance. I love his voice. I love how he speak his speech. Like was, everywhere is just he's evil. He's evil. He's evil. It was like, the I best love it. playing field for Loomis, I think, because that was just a really unique story. Everything else, they, he was kind of like they didn't use him right. They didn't yeah. use. And then Michael was just like, "Hey, I, I kill people." Like five and six, man. Uh, you know, and I put if you want to count producers cut, producers cuts always going to go directly in front of six and directly in front of five. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Resurrection's just dog shit. Fuck that fucking goddamn movie. I like to talk to somebody that really likes Resurrection. Well, I have come full circle. I began with you guys at Halloween. And sadly, this is where it ends. You guys go on without me. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, friends and family. I'm not retiring. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Oh, shit, I got you good, you fucker. I was like, I thought you were, like, trying to say, like, you don't want to ever... We're currently looking... You don't want to what? (laughs) I thought you were, like, talking like you didn't want to ever, like, have to revisit the Halloween series. No, no, I was going to retire, but... I was like... Just kidding, fuckos. I was going to put an ad in Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) No, me, I'd answer it. You guys looking for a podcaster? (laughs) 
Where'd you find this gringo, man? The fucking Mumford and Sons concert and shit? Uh, thanks for tuning in with us and following us through our awesome Halloween series, which is amazing. I'm glad we got to end on such a great note. Uh, everybody... Finally. finally! I know, finally, right? <laughs> we get a series that we end on a good 40 note. years! <laughs> we waited. Um, yeah, this was a fun series to go through. It was a little rough at some points, but we came out with a really good sequel. That's the best thing to come up. Yeah, we went through. It's weird. It's like the sewer led to a car wash. <laughs> like we came out clean on the other end. Yeah, we had to end through like four rough movies. Well, Rob Zombie's actually. They were. They were like kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. They really were. I mean, I always thought of those as the Drek, but. Speak for yourself. It's funny what a. Uh... You know, not smoking so much weed can do to your perspective. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that follow-up to Devil's Rejects. I'm curious to see what Three Days in Hell or whatever the fuck it's called. The the next. I think it's Three Days in Hell. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that because that comes out early next year. So, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we can't wait to talk to you again in our next episode. We'll be covering something hopefully non-series related. And fingers crossed. Yeah, I know. Fingers crossed. Uh, so, from all of us to all of you, thank you. This is Jeff. You're like my 10th favorite podcaster. This is Nathan. Actually, you're my favorite podcaster. This hey. is Ralph. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, keep it scary. And happy Halloween. So tonight on Get It Straight with Nick, I've always wanted to observe millennials in the wild. If this were a game of chess, Michael is the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> Dance Dance Revolution is more important than spending time with your grandpa. I, uh, daddy? That guy's like 80. That kid's like fucking nine. Okay, I think I've seen this doctor before. Mon Dieu, it's Inspector Clouseau. Advice to Michael, ninjas usually wear black. I guess Will Patton is in need of a job. The art of trimming your nasty ass toenails. It's not a cage, it's a trap. That's a matter of perspective, madam. Michael, I want to play a game. One flew into the cuckoo's cage. In total, we got 18 deaths. I'm not going to describe them all. I think we talked about it. Go see it, it's worth it. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary. Boogeyman is coming. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Actually, I take great issue with that statement. I have never, ever been so humiliated in all my life. Fantastic. Trust me. Nonsense. Good night. Thank you.
15 years ago, I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.